Greetings, everyone, and before I begin ranting and raving incoherently, I thought I'd tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need to do it all in one place. And believe me, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone. And when you host through Anchor, you can distribute your podcast through listening platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts and even more. It has everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, it's free. That's right, Anchor is free, and who does not like free? So if you're interested or you want to make your podcast today, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another Drunken Car Review. And today we have the Garage Edition. That's right, we have another Drunkard's Garage for you. And today we're going to be talking about probably the most important thing to save you a bit of money. You see, the most expensive thing in maintenance is, sure, spark plugs and oil and that, but one of the most important things is the thing to get your car to stop. Brakes. Brakes cost a bit of a fortune, in my opinion, and have always cost a lot because, well, it's a bit of a time-consuming process that everybody's usually a bit too nervous to take because, well, we're always worried we're going to do it wrong and end up flying off some cliff into some oblivion below. So today, I'm going to be explaining to you in a sort of basic step-by-step process on how to replace your brakes. Even if it doesn't necessarily guide you through the entire process, maybe just to get you feeling a bit more confident on doing them yourself. Because while they, if done wrong, they can be a bit problematic, it's not exactly the end of the world, and it's not really as dangerous as people claim it to be. Sure, it's probably not advised by the manufacturer, but heck, I've been replacing my brakes for years and I have not had any problems yet. Sure, you may have a problem, you would drive around the block a bit, come back and make sure it's working okay, but once that's done, everything pretty much checks out. So to start off this, we're going to go through the list of what you'll need to do said project. I mean, sure, you got your standard mechanics gloves, I advise this because it's a bit of a messy process, so if you have a set of disposable ones, I'd strongly advise you get it. You're going to need some jack and a jack stand, a lug wrench, and preferably a C-clamp. You can use a piece of wood, but you definitely want a C-clamp. You'll find out later. It, it definitely helps out with things. A good set, wrench set, socket set, a good combination of that set will be nice, because especially a socket set, believe me, it will come handy as well. And also a bungee cord. Now, some people were suggesting bleeding the brakes. If you're just doing the brake pads, it's not necessary. And I could go into replacing the whole piston in that. But 99% of the time, you're not going to need to do it. And even if you are, it's something for a later process. Most of the time, you will just be needing to replace the brakes. Because those usually need to get done every, well, I think it's 25,000 miles, depending upon what brake pads you get. Pistons can last sometimes even hundreds of thousands of miles. So it might not be necessary to do them right away. And finally, the most important thing you'll need are obviously the brake pads. Now, there are a number of brake pads out there in a variety of different processes. Brembo brakes, which cost a fortune, and ones I swear to God they make at Walmart. But what you want to get is something at least halfway in the middle of the road. You don't need Brembo brakes if you're just trying to stop your local Suburban. But you don't want to get something so cheap and chintzy that the brakes wear out to oblivion and start squealing within a week. I suggest getting some nice ceramic brakes. Um... Like I said, you can go with the expensive brands, but um, what I would suggest um, is AC Delco, which is the most common one for pretty much all Chevrolet brands. Also, Hawk is a pretty good one. They're not that expensive, and overall, I mean, there's some middle-of-the-road brands you might find, but if they, if they cost somewhere between about about anything above 50 or 60 bucks, you're probably in good shape. Now, specifically before we go into the process, I'm going to be specifically telling you how to do caliber brakes or disc brakes. 
Now there are something called drum brakes as well, but these are a bit more complex and to be honest they don't show up on any cars pretty much past 2005. It's not necessary to know them and pretty much all cars nowadays use disc brakes for this reason. Perhaps later I will go into drum brakes as something a little more available in older cars, but most cars you'll come across will have disc brakes to them. So anyways, with all that setting up done, let us proceed with the process. Step one is obviously to remove the wheel. Now to do this, what you're going to want to do is first break the bolts or loosen the lug nuts a bit. Don't take them all the way off, just kind of go around with that wrench on the side you're going to be doing first and just break the lug nuts on it before you even put the jack underneath it. Just enough to hear a crack or you can begin to turn and then just do it on all four sides. See, some cars have four, some have five, some even have six or seven. So once you get them all broken in that, then you're going to want to go underneath it and obviously jack up the car. Now to do this, you want to make sure also that if, for example, you're doing it on the rear, that you make sure you put some chocks on either side of the car to make sure it don't roll away or get away from you, since it's obviously not on brakes anymore. So, once you have it jacked up, get a good jack stand underneath it, and make sure it's in a spot that's obviously not too damaging. Again, avoid body panels or anything like that, or floorboards. Try to look for the frame of the car. Usually it's the steel tubing. Once you have that done, you're going to want to get the jack readjust it and put it kind of underneath the pumpkin or the front of the car somewhere nearby the jack you don't need to have it applying pressure but just to have an emergency in case the jack were to give out or break that you have something else to catch the car again you since you're not really going underneath it it's not that big a deal if it falls but it does an incredible amount of damage and it can still hurt you very very much and well possibly worse and i know i'm probably scaring the crap out of you by doing that but the fact is is that it's not as dangerous as it seems Again, this is all just conjecture in that, and I'm not a professional, but if I can do it, yeah, I'm sure you can too. So with the car slightly jacked up, not all the way, mind you, slightly jacked up, you can remove the rest of the lug nuts, and then jack the car all the way, and then remove the tire. I usually do this in this order because it makes it a little easier to remove the car from the thing. Because it jack it up just a little bit, just so the tire's just barely coming off the ground, and then remove the bolts. It keeps the tire from rotating when you're trying to turn the thing if it's still caught in it a little bit. So with that out of the way and the tire out of the way, now you'll be able to see the rotors and the caliber and everything else you're going to need to take apart and look at. Now before we even begin to take apart the brake pad and the calipers and that, the first thing I usually tend to do is to check the actual... So the first thing I want to do is check the rotors. To do this, what you're going to want to do is kind of just take it and rotate it around without any kind of pressure on it and kind of just make sure it seems to be doing okay. You can kind of force it if you need to and now the rears probably won't allow you to do this, but if you're on the front, you can kind of rotate it and just kind of inspect it. Go around it, kind of feel it, make sure there's nothing that looks like it's warped or bent or overly rusty in that. If it looks okay, you can keep them. If not, they're honestly not that expensive to replace. Personally, every other brake change, I usually try to replace the rotors because it's not that expensive and yeah, it may cost you maybe an extra 50 to 100 bucks. But believe me, it gets a lot of rid of a lot of brake school and actually can make your brakes last just a tad bit longer because they're not dealing with all the rust on the old ones. So with that out of the way, let's begin the actual process of, well, replacing the brakes. Now, it's actually not as scary as it seems. First thing you want to do is remove the slider bolt. What you're going to want to do is you're going to see this kind of clamp thing going over the rotors. It's going to look like a big clamp, and on the top part and the bottom part, there's going to be two large bolts on the top side and the bottom side. You're going to want to take basically a wrench and it should be just a matter of applying some pressure and basically removing the bolts. Now my advice though, do not completely pull them out. You should be able to just loosen them, pulling them out slightly, and you can kind of still leave them kind of intact. 
In fact, some people will even just remove the bottom bolt and then just kind of slide the caliber up in order to replace them. Personally, I prefer to remove them because it allows me a better way to inspect it and kind of look and make sure everything's okay. But you can do it either way, especially if you don't plan on replacing the rotors. Now that we got the caliber cover off, what you're going to want to do is check over the pistons. But most importantly, before I start with that, i got to include one little piece of information. You're going to see a hose attached to this thing. Under no circumstances should you ever remove or attempt to pull off this hose. Do not pull it too hard, and make sure that if you do remove the caliber entirely, that you tie it up with some tissue, some strings, because it is very important. Strings, hooks, whatever you got, make sure it's not dangling on this hose. Why? Because this is the brake line. This is the stuff, the fluid that comes into the brakes and applies pressure to the piston. If this is cracked or bent or something like that, it can be a bit problematic. It can be replaced in that, but it means you have to bleed the brakes and it, it becomes a hassle. So just make sure you kind of tie up the hose and don't let it drop down. It should flex okay to play enough, and it, don't be worried too much about bending it a lot, but just make sure it's not dangling on it, please. Now at this point, you should be able to get a clear look at the brake pads themselves. They're just going to be kind of resting in there, kind of just resting up against the rotors and that. You should be able to pretty much clearly see if these calibers or calibers, if these brakes pads need to be replaced. An easy way I usually tell is that you're going to see they have grooves cut into them. If you're at a point ever where the brake pads, you can no longer see grooves in the brake pads, it's time to replace them. In fact, it's gone beyond replacing at that point. But pretty much a rule of thumb is you're going to want to make sure it's got a pretty decent amount of padding to it. Usually about, or usually if it's about an eighth of an inch thick, anything below that, you're definitely going to want to replace the calibers, the calibers, the brake pads. Get the one to replace the cal no, the brake pads. Sorry. Now to remove these, it's a pretty simple process. No bolts, no nothing required. You can simply grab them and pull them out. There's actually nothing really holding them that much in place except clip and the actual well the caliper cover itself so with the brake pads out and once you've opened up your box of brake pads you're going to see what's called retainer clips these are little clips on the top and bottom sides and you're going to see these kind of resting kind of just where the brake pads were it's going to just look like a loose piece of metal you're going to make sure you replace these bits just simply just pull them off clip the new ones in and make sure you do this every time you replace the brakes because do not use under unless you absolutely have to or there's some circumstance where you can't remove them do not use old clips make sure you replace them they don't cost you a dime and they're always in the brake pad kits always put whatever's in that brake pad kit make sure you apply it to it the reason for this being is because it helps the brake pads slide in and out and keeps them from dragging or causing any kind of real squealing noises the next thing you're going to want to do is you're going to see a little kind of greasy packet in there. This is where you're going to want to pull out that latex glove we talked about earlier. And yes, make sure it's disposable because it will get a bit messy. Ooh, and before I get, before I proceed on with the messy part, make sure you're using the right clips. There's usually right hands and left side ones. So before you replace the clips, make sure you kind of pull out the new ones, kind of match them up, make sure they all check out and look the same, and then replace them. I almost forgot to mention that because I have more than once put the left sides on the right sides and the right sides on the left side and had to get ticked off myself over why they're not working and then switch them around. Make sure you do that because it's a bit important. Anyways, onto the greasy stuff. So this stuff in this little packet is a graphite base grease. And basically what you want to do is you're going to see a little groove inwards, kind of like a little U. You're going to apply it to that section, and when you see a little hook, apply it to that section as well. Pretty much anything you see, just metal on the top, just apply a little bit of amount. It doesn't hurt. Just make sure you got it kind of good and lubed up in that. You can just use a packet to smear it around, or like I said, if you got a glove, it definitely comes in handy. Just 
don't use a fancy glove because believe me, I ruined more than one pair just doing this because I don't feel like getting out the latex. Because these stuff is very much, it's just like a black grease or red grease and it just gets all over the place. Now, depending upon what brand of brakes you buy, there might be some kind of cover or pin over the top of them to make sure they all slide into place. And pretty much the easiest part comes now. You take that bit and you slide it back into place. Pretty much how you pull them off, you're just going to ply it right back in. Again, like I said, no bolts required. Just slide that puppy right back in. It might be a bit tight to get in, but that's just because there's newer clips and there's, that hasn't had a chance to wear it down. But just make sure they fit in there and that the grease has all been applied to anywhere where the brake pads are making contact with those clips. Now is going to come to the point where you're definitely going to want to grab that C-clamp. Like I said, you can use a piece of wood, but a C-clamp definitely comes in handy. If you don't have one, go to your local AutoZone or anywhere like that parts store. Usually they'll let you rent one for free or most of them don't even charge you for it. Or if it is, maybe it's a buck or two. But just make sure you get a C-clamp because believe me, it will indeed come in handy. And it doesn't hurt to have one lying around either, so maybe it wouldn't hurt to buy one either. And what you're going to want to do is pretty much just well clamp the piston in and tighten her up now i know some people just using two by fours to work them all in place but as long as you don't clip it inside the piston basically you're going to want to put the clamp go over the caliper cover and what you're going to do is attach the rubber piston hose kind of attach to the outside not the inside just the outside ring attach it to it slide it in that way usually calibers have about two pistons per rake sometimes they only have one but usually they have two so make sure you've tightened all those back into place don't worry they're not going to pop out at you or anything like that just make sure they're suctioned right back in and then it's pretty much just reassemble reposition the caliber cover over the cover then you're going to want to reinstall the slider bolts right back in and the most important thing, take her for a test drive. Do not instantly go out into the freeway. I usually type, like to drive one a couple times around the block, make sure the windows are open, the car's radio and all that's off, and just kind of listen to make sure there's no squealing sound, no dragging, nothing that's going to sound like it's a bit of a problem. But before we, well, I suppose I should mention, before you take it on any of this stuff that I just mentioned, be sure you torque down your bolts on your car after you've reinstalled your tire. I've had more than one points where I've seen people just throw the tire back on and tootle off with the thing. Always torque down your bolts. Again, if you don't have a torque a torque wrench, you can rent them at the auto store. Just make sure you get one. Most cars have an 80-pound torque. Some have 100. But you want to check the owner's manual and make sure that everything checks out. Yes, torque down your tires, please, people, because it leads to bad tire wear and that. And it's very important. I believe I mentioned it in the tire episode as well. Always torque down your bolts. Anyways, once you're done with your test drive and you think everything checks out, again, you also want to be just a tad bit cautious on the first bit, take it on the road, kind of do some hard stops, some soft stops and that. Make sure nothing's squealing, make sure it's all catching and that. And make sure nothing sounds like it's rubbing. And voila, bing, bang, boom, you have replaced your own brakes. Brake pads and brakes, they're not that expensive at the end of the day. A whole brake job, including even if you replace the rotors and that, maybe can cost you maybe 100 bucks, maybe 200 if you buy, maybe 100 200 bucks depending upon your vehicle. I mean, you can get some fancy ones like 500 or 600 or something like that. But if you just want to do a cheap brake job and that, it's not that expensive. And believe me, it definitely saves a lot on the ears, especially if they're starting to squeal. A lot of auto stores will cost charge you a, a pretty, a very pretty penny just to do brake pads and that. Like I said, if you can learn to do it yourself, I always strongly advise doing it yourself. And a lot of people might say, "Well, 
got electric cars coming out. We don't have to do this maintenance. Even electric cars with their forever lasting brake pads will usually need to get and replace them every, at least every three years. For a normal car, brake pads are going to probably last you, I'm going to say probably about two years of just average driving. Now, if you do a lot of mileage, you're probably going to need to replace them a bit more. But usually a brake pad set to run you about 50,000 miles, sometimes a little more, sometimes less, depending upon what kind of pads you're getting. Anyways, I appreciate you all listening to this Drunkard Car Garage, and I hope you got some useful information, and I hope you all are maybe a little less timid in trying out well, just a little bit more automotive work. That's kind of the whole point of this series. I want to try to encourage people to begin doing a bit of their own work on their cars. Not just to save them a bit of money, but also maybe to have a bit more pride in their vehicles. I mean, after all, if you put some blood, sweat, and tears in your own vehicle and actually put forth some effort, I mean, maybe if by getting taken a bit more pride in a vehicle than that. Not that you don't already do, but you may find that maybe you might form a bit more of a bond to that car. Anyways, I appreciate you all listening to this video or rather this video, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm forgetting I'm recording a podcast. Yep, I've recorded this too far in a row. I've recorded 15 minutes of pure audio without screwing up, and I clearly have to do it at the end. <sighs> Anyways, I appreciate you all listening. I hope you all have a great day, a wonderful night. Please like and subscribe if you enjoy my insanity. Thank you, and good night.